When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm having one of those moments right now. What moments? One of those moments when everything is so perfect and so wonderful that you almost feel sad because nothing can ever be this good again. Please don't be mad. Why? Because I, I say I love you and, and you want to think about it? You don't get pregnant saying I love you. I'll take you home. Hey guys, it's Sandra. This is Emily. And I'm Jess. Welcome to today's town meeting. And now... It's time for Sandra's Sucky Summaries. So we start this episode of Ex-Girlfriends with Miss Patty telling the tale of Stars Hollow, a Romeo and Juliet-style story that ends with Miss Patty asking a bunch of six-year-olds if they want to hear a story about Dito Puente. Of course, they all say yes. Throughout the episode, the town prepares for the upcoming Firelight Festival. There's tool, bows, and tons of ladders abound. The square looks like a fairy tale, which is appropriate because Rory and Dean are basically in a fairy tale themselves. It is, after all, their three-month anniversary. Unfortunately, it falls on a Friday, and we all know how strict Emily is about her Friday night dinners. However, when Lorelai calls Emily to see if Rory can skip, to her incredible surprise, Emily agrees. It's incredibly shocking. Almost as shocking as the camera tilting and then revealing the boom mic above the Gilmore Girls. Wait, is this a TV show? At Chilton, Tristan presses a girl up against a locker. But to Paris's disappointment, it's not Paris. And to Tristan's disappointment, it's not Rory. Hello, Summer. Also, party at Madeline's on Saturday. Everyone's invited, dressed to impress. Meanwhile, in Stars Hollow, Lorelai's anti-love. From Suki to Michelle to all the guests around her. It's everywhere, and she wants none of it. And apparently, the universe wants none of her, since she's almost taken out via falling paper mache star. Thankfully, there's one person in town she knows will commiserate with her. Luke, of course. Until, well, enter Rachel, the ex-girlfriend. The girl from the Congo, or Philly, or the Mideast. Either way, the girl that's not Lorelai. Later on, it's the night of the three-month anniversary dinner, as well as the Firelight Festival, and Rory dresses in pink, Lane is dating an entire family, and Lorelai goes to dinner and meets her date, Chase Bradford, the world's most boring man. He not only bores Lorelai, but also Richard, who very kindly lets Lorelai escape via her balcony window. Meanwhile, Rory and Dean's date is going perfectly. The dinner, the dessert, the everything... The festival provides them some amusement, but the real surprise is not among the stars and Tool, 
But at the junkyard, a broken down car, which Dean promises to build all for Rory. All she has to do is respond accordingly to Dean's I love you. Instead, she says she loves the car. Instead, she says she needs a second think. Instead, she says she's hesitant because of her mom and her history. And he tells her, you don't get pregnant saying I love you. He tells her, come on, let's go. And he tells her, whatever, and walks away from her. Meanwhile, at the festival, ex-girlfriend Rachel and Luke re-meet, and they admit that they miss one another. Luke also admits sometimes with Lorelai, it seems like something could happen. But for now, he's just happy Rachel's there. But as Rachel stands, Lorelai sits, and the interrogation continues. Both women just want to know about the other. What's the haps indeed? The episode ends with Lorelai picking up the phone and calling Max Medina and getting his machine. But before she can leave a message, Rory walks in looking shocked. Dean broke up with her. And that was Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers. Let's discuss. So I think I have a reputation now about hating Dean, right? I feel like it's been acknowledged in many episodes. But I just need to reiterate, I really dislike Dean, guys. This is, I mean, this is a terrible, terrible thing that Dean does. Yeah. But let's start at the start. (laughs) Let's not skip ahead here. Uh, Save the uh, Dean hate for later. Yes, yes. So we start in uh, Star Fallow. And it's looking festive. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the Miss Patty voiceover. Me too. It's so good. I love how choreographed the scene was. Like, we go from one person to the other, just all around town, everyone saying hi to each other. It's very Mm -hmm. cute. And I, I, we've complained a little bit this season about, um, you know, how much the Gilmores are actually involved in the town. You know, we're always hearing that they are, but then we haven't been seeing it. But, like, we're actually seeing it in this scene. You know, Lorelai is talking to some extra about festival stuff. Um, Lane and Rory are both carrying things. There's a great little moment where Suki runs into the girls on the corner. And it just, like, it's sweet to see them all interacting. And you're right. I think it is really nicely choreographed. So, um, I'm going to talk a lot about the timeline of the Gilmore Girls episodes and these because I don't know if you guys noticed but it should be around January or February I'm thinking maybe February because it's Valentine's Day-ish right seems lovey-dovey mm-hmm. yeah um I, I don't where know where's the snow yeah um they had one episode of snow and then we're like all right well we had our snow episode we're good now I'd That's say not it's, how winters in the northeast work. Yeah, no. I say it's definitely winter, um, because Oh well, okay, so this is their three month anniversary and Dean says it's three months from when he gave her her birthday her gift, which, which is October. October. So January? It's January. So yeah. around January. However, Rory and Dean are in two different timelines. And let me explain why. <laughs> At Rory's dance, we see them become official, mm-hmm. right? That would Which be is... 
when I would count the anniversary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is when Rory does. Because when she's asked in Concert Interrupt is how long they've been together, she says a month. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's only been a couple weeks since then. To maybe, maybe a month. So she is like a month behind Dean. Dean is is counting more than she is. I mean, she is like years behind Dean, if we're going to be totally honest. That's a great point, Sandra, because we've talked about how the timelines are wonky, but this Mm -hmm. is an especially wonky timeline. It's even like... It all actively contradicts itself. Yeah. I just, I don't understand the, I'm going to start this from when I gave you a birthday gift instead of when we had the conversation of, okay, now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And this is totally nitpicking, but he says that her birthday was on a Saturday. It wasn't. It was on the Friday. Friday. And she had to go to dinner. The party was on the Saturday. But whatever. Um, but okay, so when we go uh, to Dean and Rory, they're at the bus stop. Uh, Dean is waiting for Rory. Reading a book. Which book was it? It was something it, by a Russian author. It was Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Never read it. I have never read it. It is It is a big book. It is a big story. Let's go with yeah. that. We'll get into that I've later, though. I've seen the, I think the Kira Knightley movie? Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds about right. Um, that sounds like something Kieran I really would do. <laughs> right? She's like, a period piece? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what Rory says, it's, it's completely untrue that you have to be some genius to read his stuff. Was she calling Dean stupid? Yes. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's all I, I mean... can think of in that scene. <laughs> It was a very, like, the whole position of her being like, no, no, you have to read the Tolstoy. Like, no, like, it's it's for the common man. I feel that comes from, like, a very elitist place. It really <laughs> it does. For the common man in Russia? Like, because this is... It, it's During that novel. period of time? Yeah. Yeah, because just, I don't, I don't understand. And it's such a unintentional backhand and compliment like i don't it think really is i don't think rory intended it that way by any means but to be like no you don't have to be super smart to read this you can do it no i just told you i can't but yeah. like, he doesn't even take it that way <laughs> no so like it, it goes whoosh over his head but he's almost done with it based on where his finger is yeah he doesn't have that much left um but the he's complaining. I mean, to be fair, I think I would be too. Yeah, that would be a hefty read. But yeah. he's doing it for her. And I do yeah. think that is sweet because I think she says this is one of her favorite books. So for him to mm-hmm. even be giving it a shot is nice. I feel like for all the Dean hate that's going to get later, I need to give him just, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> well, okay. The Dean hate is not going to start till late because... Things are actually really sweet between them. Um, Yes. And he does ask her to get out of Friday night dinner, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, knowing Emily, I would have thought this would be like an issue, like Lorelai. I feel like it should have been much easier for him to get a shift off work than for Lori to get out of Friday night dinner. (laughs) Like, Dean, you're the one who made these big plans. 
you're the one who knew in advance that you were mm-hmm. doing this. And Saturday makes more sense because Rory's 100%. birthday was on a Saturday, which it wasn't. There, <sighs> at this point, everybody is well aware of the Friday night dinner, Dean. Mm-hmm. You have no excuse to be like, hey, get out of this dinner with your grandparents that your mom is constantly complaining about of how much they control your lives. Um, so I wanted to talk about some background stuff. Uh, we see the town setting up the the carnival, which is, or the festival, I'm sorry, it's not a carnival. Uh, <laughs> she talks about a carnival. She says that there was a month Yes, long she carnival. makes a good joke. Yeah. Which she even got me. I was like, oh yeah. I, I totally get that. Um, yeah. I will say A Year in the Life has a whole celebration about getting off the septic system. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So it's a it's a anyway. recurring joke. <laughs> um, so in the background, you can see the the Burbank Mountains like throughout the shots, which I think is really funny because there's you can't really Connecticut's not known for its mountains, kind of thing. Um, star shaped hot dogs. Anyone want any? I genuinely don't know what that would look like. My closest thought in my head is you know when you make them into octopuses. Where you like slice upward into the hot dog up Ah. to like, and you leave like a third of it connected and then the little legs flay out. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a star, but also not something that you could eat normally. As they um, go by a bunch of Play Doh sets that you can push Play Doh through to make shapes, (laughs) and that they just do that for the whole hot dog. (laughs) I mean, it sounds terrible. It does. (laughs) Why not hamburgers? You can that cut a so hamburger. You know, Why not shake? anything else? <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Over the top. They do some weird stuff. <laughs> uh, we get a lovely shot of the troubadour. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked really cute. I don't know. I, I he had is, a crush yeah. on the troubadour. He's so cute. He had like red hair though. Uh, he usually has oh, like yeah, a dark brown hair. hair. Yeah. Uh, huh. Maybe kind of coppery. Yeah. Maybe he said was it was that a Twilight reference? A little, in my, yeah, uh, it was. Edward, oh, was. Edward Cullany? Jess is wearing a Forks shirt. <laughs> I knew it. Which I, I knew it in Forks. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to Lorelai in the kitchen, and she has a hamburger helper plan, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if she knows. Do you think they were sponsored? Again, it's like yeah. the Pet Finder thing. Like, do you think they were sponsored by Hamburger Helper? Because why else, of all the things? I'm sure. I think so. Would Hamburger Helper be It could just one? go to show, like, Lorelai's quirkiness and that every so often she's like, I want to try something new. And yeah. gets out a box of Hamburger Helper. I mean, and to be fair, I've, I don't think I've ever had Hamburger Helper, but Hamburger Helper does not seem like it would be an especially difficult meal to cook, right? I'm assuming no. you just brown meat put in the sauce and like maybe mix it with noodles or something, right? Yeah. So when I was I've a kid I've never had it either, but yeah. I, I've had it and I've made it. Um when I was a kid and my parents divorced, so I I guess baby. Um and my dad was just starting the whole single dad process with three kids. Um hamburger helper was a staple in our house. Mm. I was too young to have it a whole lot, so I'm not quite as traumatized by it. Um, but my older two brothers, who were aware, cannot eat Hamburger Helper at all. Like, just the thought of it makes them sick. We had it was so it, much. 
Oh, okay. Did he not switch it up? Because I know there's different, like, flavors and stuff, right? There is, but this was also back in, like, early 90s. Yeah. So I don't know how many flavors were. Um, I I can tell you right now, Hamburger Helper is, like, brown the meat, and there's a powder of mix. And normally Mm -hmm. you have to put in some, like, milk, and Mm -hmm. that's it. That is the recipe. (laughs) That That is all you do. Well, hey. But I mean, to be fair to Lorelai, what did is not that buy stove? hamburger? <laughs> well, <laughs> she did buy hamburger. She was doing a sneaky trick. She I would did. say hamburger helper is up there in, in my mind with shake and bake as like something that lives in my mind from the era, but I never actually had it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't think I ever had shake and bake. I don't think so either. But apparently, they're gonna have hamburger helper, which. I mean, now that I know that, now that I know that it's just meat with seasoning and and maybe some milk, I can't see the Gilmore Girls sitting down to enjoy a plate of that. Can you? Me neither, actually. They don't seem like... I mean, I guess it depends on the flavor. I mean, because I don't think it's bad. There's like the cheeseburger one? Yeah. But if you're just going to make a hamburger-ish meal, just go to Luke's. Yeah. True. (laughs) True. It's Why like, even make it yourself? It's like off-brand stroganoff. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. So, this is definitely a sponsorship. I can, yeah. I can feel that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Rory asked about Max. We haven't heard and about Max in no. many episodes. Like, Four it episodes. actually threw me off when it mm-hmm. was brought up that Lorelai's still pining for him. Because yeah. we've had, like, a whole, like, Luke arc and the yeah. whole Christopher arc between the last time we saw Max and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because she mentioned Max, and I was like, oh, right, he's a thing. I mm-hmm. forgot. Yeah. Well, to Rory, he is still a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. He's still her teacher. So she sees him every day. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten a whole lot awkward. of Chilton. No, we haven't. We not Max Chilton. Mm-hmm. Um, that line, Cleopatra, Queen of the Nile, is one of my favorite lines. I yeah. hate you. I used that to say line it all the so time. much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so Rory tells Lorelai about Dean's requests, and I wanted to ask you guys about Lorelai's look when Rory tells her that it's been three months. I. I definitely, like, it reminded me of the way that I might react if a child told me, like, something they were very proud of, but mm-hmm. that was not, like, a huge thing, yeah, right? that's like, the impression I got, too. Yep. Like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I put both my shoes on and I didn't even tie them together today. Wow. That's it's like, great. <laughs> like, <laughs> so It's like when Charlie comes into the bedroom in the morning and she's like, Mommy, I slept in my bed all night. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Everybody should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, Emily brings up later in the episode, like, when was the last time Lorelai reached three months with a partner? Right, because she usually has this episode. Oh, she yeah. Has, she has that two months, right? That's what they mm-hmm. say. Lorelai in her two months, so it's true. But the I, daughter got I there. Agree. In high school, with the three months, like three months was a big deal. And yeah. I know, Sandra, you said earlier the anniversary are yearly things, and 
as adults, I 100% agree. But until you've hit that one-year mark, I feel like month anniversaries are, mm-hmm. are Oh, yeah, are they're, they're huge. <laughs> but I it's think just, that my friends it, and I always refer to them as, like, month anniversaries. So did I. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Like, anniversary oh, four year. month anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But nope, but not Dean. <laughs> let's talk about Lorelai walking over to the phone. And you wouldn't think this is crazy, right? Her walking over the phone. But the camera does as it tilts. <laughs> And it reveals the boom mic. Yeah. And they kept it in. Well, I mean, you have to assume that that was still their best take, right? Yeah. Like, Ouch. You have to assume that they didn't catch it during the actual filming. In editing, they were like, this is the only take where she doesn't stumble. Or this is the only take where she hits the line and hits the spot perfectly. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave it. <laughs> Maybe they only filmed it once. I will say it's subtle enough, Sandra, that I'd never noticed it until you pointed really? it out. And I've been watching this show for, you know, a decade and a half. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it with my mom, and um, my mom didn't notice it. But I was like, wait, did you see that? And she's like, see what? She's, she's just walking. And I'm like, no, the camera falls. It's either that or the boom mic must drop into frame. And yeah. when Sandra first pointed this out... I was very defensive of boom mic <laughs> operators. They have their hands up in the air. Like, I can't hold my hands above my head for more than a couple of minutes before my weak little arm muscles give out. If yeah. I was holding a boom mic for as long as these guys have to hold these things up, you know, a single slip this far into the season, I can forgive. I just thought it was funny. I just remember having to hold up my flute in marching band. And that was atrocious. I can't even imagine having to hold my arms up even higher holding a boom mic instead of a flute that weighs like five ounces. Yeah, no. One of the, like, punishments, not punishments, that's a harsh term for it, in PE when I was in elementary school, like if you were goofing around, um, was that the coach would have you go over and stand against the wall and hold your tennis shoes in your hands. But I mean, it's like, you know, it's a physical thing, but like. Oh my gosh, that's exhausting. <laughs> um, can we talk about West versus East? Because we would call them sneakers, not tennis shoes. Tennis shoes, baby. Sneakers. Tennis shoes. Heck oh yeah. My God. Oh no, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> East versus West versus Midwest. <laughs> if we were if we were Carrie, maybe we'd call them trainers. Ooh, trainers are Perhaps. a good one in, in Europe. But yeah, Emily agrees, and we learn later it's because Emily, who is absolutely where her daughter gets that quick whip from, oh, Emily yes. instantly sees this opportunity. Oh, she yeah. She gets the call. You see it all happen in her mind. Mm, okay. Of course. <laughs> it's a very important, I understand. I mean, Lorelai should have seen this coming, I feel. In <laughs> hindsight, yeah, but... I don't know how I could wild. see this coming. I, I I understand that Lorelai should not be surprised that Emily tries to hook her up with somebody at some point. But mm-hmm. up until yeah. now, there has not been any indication That's of true. her you know wanting what? to do that. It's true. Later on, say, though, in the season or in the series, yeah. I feel like any time any of the girls doesn't go with a date or doesn't go with the mom or daughter, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, Emily, Emily gets bit tries by the to do setup a, bug. <laughs> a date. Yes. Yeah, 
I will say Lorelai, and I understand that she was like ragging on Rory before the phone call, before Emily answers. But when Emily does answer, Lorelai is just so absolutely unprepared Mm -hmm. for this phone call. Yeah. (laughs) She just stumbles and can't figure it. And it just, it it was very un-Lorelai-like to me. For her to step yeah. over it and instead of instead of taking that time to like make fun of Rory, but to like, okay, how am I gonna frame this to make it work? Mm-hmm. So we move on to Chilton. Chilton, Chilton. We haven't been to Chilton in a while. We um, haven't been there for like sustained periods of time. It's been very mm-hmm. quick, like between classes or like brief moments. Mm-hmm. But we get uh Chad Michael Murray's Tristan pressing a girl up. Which, by the way, this actress is the same actress from the pilot, the one who makes fun of Roy for um, oh the nail doing polish. her assignment. Yes. Oh, it's the I same think she was girl. blonde in there, though, wasn't she? Wasn't uh, no, she no, no, like no. A dirty blonde. No, she had. No. it was dark hair. Yeah, she's the oh, one who's yeah. like, oh, she's doing it's the assignment. The assignment. <laughs> You're uh-huh. right. Apparently, the Stars Hollow High to Chilton Pipeline is still going. <laughs> I like what? to think that uh, she she's the same girl. <laughs> yeah. So what throws me off is Paris and Rory walk up and Rory's like, is your locker in there too? Yeah, she would know. Yeah, you would. How, yeah. how long have you guys been going here? Like, <laughs> I am well aware of who my locker mates were, like, by day two at the latest. Right? And, like, we've also established that they are becoming friends at this point. Yeah. Like, they spent time together outside of school. They spent time together working on projects. There's no way that you wouldn't know. Right. And also, Tristan certainly knows, and that's certainly why he has done it right where he was. Because if it goes by last name, it makes sense that Geller and Gilmore are together. Oh, yeah. But Gray, nowhere near that. Shouldn't Mm -mm. be there. And I don't know Summer's last name. Actually, right now, I don't even know her name is Summer, technically, because she doesn't get her name till next episode but like yeah, that's what i was just wondering if this was summer or not i couldn't remember <laughs> it is summer right because summer was at the it dance is summer yeah it is summer summer was at the dance so we know for sure or was this a yes. girl entirely no, no 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 this is the same girl oh interesting uh, it is. Okay. summer the one making out and summer the the girl who breaks up with him spoilers i guess for next episode yeah okay but, yeah, Tristan is, like, doing everything to try to make Rory jealous. Oh, right? yeah. With flirting with Paris. Now he's making out with a girl against Rory's locker. He's still like, flirting with Paris while making it, out with this girl. Yep. But it's just, it's so sad because he's trying so hard. And even with all of this, we still have not seen Rory, like, think of him that way at all. She's still so obsessed with Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't, and Rory never really even gets close to thinking of Tristan like this. No. Like, we obviously have one brief moment in the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Sorry, Tristan. Like, move <laughs> on. There are other girls who are clearly interested in you, and their names are not Rory Gilmore. And you know what? Tristan probably could have had a chance if he would have taken the page out of, like, a mature handbook. And not acted like he was in elementary school pulling the girls' pigtails. Yeah. I still think that Tristan is, like, the blueprint for Logan later on. Mm -hmm. So, like, he does does succeed later on, just a different character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but okay, so this girl Summer or other girl, whatever her name is, tells Paris she needs bangs, which I thought was super rude. Oh yeah, for sure. And this girl's <laughs> forehead is bigger than Paris's. <laughs> like she made that comment, and I started looking. I was like, "Girl, you have no room to be." Like, not that either of them have big foreheads, but yeah, still. yeah. It was just mean girl, and like, yeah, yeah. absolutely, gross. It was. And you would think that she would attack Rory, because Tristan likes Rory, and he's just mm-hmm. pretending to like Paris. But maybe even Summer doesn't even know that. I maybe don't Summer think this just girl sees... cares. Yeah, you know, yeah. What? maybe you're right. Paris was being the more pushy one, and so she was going to push back against Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, the party at Madeline's, which we don't see in this episode, but we will see in the next episode. Mm-hmm. I love how like shocked Rory is that she gets an invite. Yeah. Just, like, her genuine surprise at receiving this invite. And it's so not a big deal to Madeline, right? To invite Mm -hmm. Rory is natural. It's like, of course we'd invite Rory. Because we've determined Madeline is nice. Yes. (laughs) Madeline is sweet, oblivious, but just kind of nice to everybody and has somehow surrounded herself with these mean girls. Yeah. Well, to be fair to Rory, the last time they really interacted, uh, they were getting yelled at in... A New York this corridor. Is true. So true. Rory might think like, oh, these girls never want to be my friend again. Yeah. But um one thing that I thought was really weird was Tristan says to be young and in love, right? But stares at Louise as he says it, and Louise smirks at him. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, wrong person. I don't know who she is. It's just two very attractive blonde teenagers looking at each other. They can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) But no one can help it in this episode because it seems like everywhere we go, everyone's making out or hanging out together, snuggling. Suki and Jackson Mm -hmm. are being cute and inappropriate in the kitchen. (laughs) I know. I thought it was so funny. Lorelai is like so clearly annoyed that everybody's having a better time than she is, and she's mad at Suki, she's mad at Michelle, who's having a very personal phone conversation on the work phone. With a Cherie. At the front desk. At the front desk. And it's, the implication is that it's a woman, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which they recon in the year, in the life, or what's it called? Mm -hmm. That's that's what it's called, right? Yeah, you're in life. It could have just been that he wasn't fully aware i guess yeah maybe he wasn't out yet yeah um they definitely weren't going there with him yet Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. what i thought was funny was that his accent was nowhere to be found it completely slipped i mean he definitely sounded weird he sounded he still sounded french-ish but not as french as he usually does but not yeah not usual michelle and lorelei makes a comment about oh you know talking to your mom and later on, don't we learn that he does kind of have a weird relationship yeah, with his yeah. mom? Like, he could have been having that conversation <laughs> with her. Kind of believably. Yeah. Very true. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. They have a very interesting relationship. Well, and then Lorelai almost gets attacked by a falling star. Yeah, yeah gosh. Catch a Casual. falling star put it in your pocket. And it's So, one of my favorite bits of, like, accidental comedy is, okay, so the guy who runs over to her, he later becomes Bootsy, right? No. That's not him? 
Yeah. I didn't recognize him. Okay. I don't recognize. He's got some massive eyebrows. But he, like, runs over to her, and it's not supposed to be a comedy run, but it's just like this, <laughs> this big, goofy run. He's like, wow, that's never happened before. I was like, that's not what you say when you've literally almost right? killed somebody. Ask her if they're okay. At the very least. <sighs> yeah. Uh, wow, but that's, that's the never kind of day. Before. You are super unlucky. Yeah, finish the thought. Finish the thought. That's the kind of day that Lorelai has been having. Yeah, uh, but she knows exactly where she can go, where somebody is going to commiserate with her and make her mm-hmm. feel better. Her own cheers. Yeah, where everybody knows your name. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, she goes into Luke's diner, and Miss Patty and Taylor are sitting together, and you find out like they're arguing, right? But, like, I thought it was so cute just to have them in the background mm-hmm. the entire scene. Yeah. I love a Patty Taylor conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And specifically oh, yeah. the ones where Patty makes a comment that is somehow not, I don't want to say demeaning to Taylor, but kind of making fun of him a, of him a yeah. little bit. And it just goes over his head. Or he, oh, you're so funny. Yeah. Funny. And you'll never ones. guess what Taylor is wearing. Oh my god, is it the same cardigan? A, it's the same cardigan. A three-piece it's suit? The same <laughs> cardigan. <laughs> oh my gosh, this man. So, anyway. Um, I really hate this parts of the scene. Because I don't like it when people make fun of being bipolar. Yeah. So, that yeah. was awkward for me. Also, just... um ill-informed because Lorelai's not too young to have bipolar. <laughs> Actually, it usually comes up at 27. So, don't know where that yeah. comes yeah, from. Yeah, the whole age thing threw me off. I was like, that's mm. not right. Nope. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, so they're arguing about the festival, about whether the kids lit the fire to keep warm or to throw themselves in. Well, and the whole time, too, I'm thinking of the episode where they turn that house into a museum and they have the mannequins and the, mm-hmm. look at these bright star, hollow stars, hollow <laughs> stars. What should we call this? It's like, well, that's <laughs> not what we learned earlier. Well, like Luke says, it could come from anywhere, from two rich guys, <laughs> drunk rich guys, or I think he says like a prostitute or something. Yeah, he does. He makes a prostitute reference. Um, well, I really like Luke's look of, like, oh shit, you're in trouble with dad, when Lorelai yells so loud. Like, he's <laughs> just like, it's so funny. Um, because it kind of looks like, not to make them siblings, but it kind of looked like siblings who got in trouble, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorelai's just like, ah, oh, that was too loud, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but guys, she's here. We've been waiting for her to arrive. The girl she comes has in such with Rachel. A beautiful smile. She's so oh my pretty. gosh, she's she's beautiful. Yeah, she's so pretty. And she walks in looking like she's like strolled out of. My boyfriend and I recently watched the second of the Mummy movies. Oh yeah, she's absolutely got that like. I just came out of a a tomb raiding. She's got the little scarf. She's yeah. got. She just looks so worldly. Yeah. But what was funny is that I kind of saw the similarities between her and Lorelai. 
They're both wearing dark jackets. Uh, They both had their hair in curls, white shirts. Like, they look similar. The only difference is the hair color and the eye color. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they're both, like, and we'll learn a little bit more of this over, like, gosh, how much longer does Rachel last? But, like, we'll learn more about the similarities between these two women. Like, mm-hmm. they they are quite similar. They're these strong, independent women who kind of live life on their own terms. And it's kind of clear that Luke kind of has a type. Yeah. I love his type, though. Yeah. A strong, independent woman who don't mm-hmm. need no Absolutely. man. And he is Rory levels of awkward during this conversation. <laughs> yes. Like, it's oh. bad. <laughs> But I mean, when you think about what we learned from like Suki and Miss Patty and everything about Rachel and about the way that things ended, it makes sense that he's trying to just string words together. It seemed like it was very big, very upsetting. Clearly, he's still not over it because of Mm -hmm. the whole sweatshirt thing. So to have her literally just waltz in out of nowhere with no notice, it's a huge shock. And apparently it's been five years. Does she look too young for Luke? I mean, Scott is, like, significantly older than Lauren, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so he's already on the older side. I don't think it's played that way in the show. No, in the show I feel like it's only a couple years to five, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of assumed... They were the same, like, Lorelai and Rachel were the same age. So, like, early 30s. Okay. Yeah, I would say that seems fair. I mean, she does look young. She does. Yeah. She's very fresh-faced. My grandma, who is in her 70s, gets confused as my mom. Like, she's in her 50s. Oh, wow. So, like, homegirl could just age really well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was told literally today that somebody that I work with thought I was 18. Um, I'm not. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a compliment in this case, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Rachel and Lorelai meet each other as well. And Lorelai yeah. is... Uh, Super awkward, say too. not her best self. Yeah, she's a little awkward as well. Yeah, and it clearly rattles her because in the next scene, you know, she's talking to Rory about how awkward it was to meet Luke's ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Rory is kind of understandably like, She's just Luke's ex-girlfriend? Why are you so weird about this? I mean, at this point, everybody should just know. I feel like it's impressive that Rachel already picked up on the Luke Lorelai thing. Like that. I mean, it was pretty obvious. I don't know. I mean, she like literally finished Mm -hmm. his sentences for him because mm -hmm. he was so tongue-tied. You know, it was just like a a very familiar closeness that would be hard to miss. Right. And I feel like Rory um, still thinks of Mr. Bendina as, like, the first in Lorelai's mind. I don't think she's mm-hmm. thinking of Luke as mm-hmm. a potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lorelai certainly is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, they're getting ready, and Rory's in a pink dress. And Lorelai um, decked in blue, as usual. Oh, yes. Surprising. She misses Max, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you had gone through a breakup that you did not decide on, and then you saw everybody around you happy and in love, including your kid, yeah. like, that would be hard. I love yeah. the, I had a dream about him last night. Was it dirty? No. 
and when you're 21, <laughs> I'll tell you the real answer. <laughs> that was cute, yeah. Oh, Lorelai, why would you even bring it up? <laughs> and halfway through, uh, Lorelai trying to rip Roy's hair out of her head, <laughs> uh, Lane arrives. And I thought it was super weird that Lane is just like, hello, is anyone here? And no one answers her. Yeah, yes. neither of them respond to her. Like, they just like not even like a, and... in here, continue right. what they're saying. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I was Lane and nobody responded, be like, oh, they just might, must not be here. And I would have left. Right? Yeah. But also, I love how Lane just walks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for my best friend's very house, cute, so. yeah. But we also learn that Lane has a big hot date tonight. Emphasis on big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the future chiropractor. And Which everyone is... in his family. Yeah. Interesting. Because I feel like chiropractor is not, like, in my head on the same level as, like, a doctor or a dentist. Like There is a comment about that, about Mrs. Kim losing faith in her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean... Not that Lane wouldn't benefit from Mrs. Kim, like, lowering her <laughs> standards a little you know, bit. Stand- but, oh well. I, I I hadn't thought of it up until this point for some reason. And maybe it's entire, and it probably is entirely a culture thing. But it just kind of surprises me with how strict Mrs. Kim is with Lane. That she is setting her up on dates. Well, she wants her married and prepared. They're also definitely not fun dates in yeah. any way. It seems like almost like a family interview, right? Like, like I feel like they're Lane's getting the whole going down a family arranged marriage lane. Oh yeah, yeah for versus, sure. I just it's really interesting that it starts like at sixteen. So Lane's got everybody's got a hot date tonight except Lorelai, essentially. Yeah, and well, one thing about Lane is that she, she jokes about uh, Lorelai running her over. Right. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai says, I wouldn't count on it because um, the the rest of the joke is that Mrs. Kim wouldn't expect Still would make her go on yeah. the date. Yeah. And I think what <laughs> Lane is taking that as is Mrs. Kim would still expect her to go on the date even if she got run over. And Lorelai's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to run you over, you 16-year-old girl. Go on your date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate that, like... Every time that Lane has one of these dates, we always see her. We always see her just being miserable. miserable. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I feel Lane. like I'm surprised you don't see anybody talking in that date. Like, isn't the whole point of this these families mingling to get to know each other to see if it'd be a good match? But, like, nobody is saying a word when you see them They weren't by. saying a word on the hayride either. You know, yeah. like, they just sit in silence. Staring off into space, miserable. <laughs> Justice for Lane. <laughs> Justice for Lane, indeed, man. <sighs> but uh, we move on to Friday night dinner. It's been a week since uh, Christopher, and it's been a week since Richard and Lorelai's big fight. Mm. And we can definitely tell because, well, was that awkward? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, Lorelai was awkward. definitely more awkward than usual and I was trying to decide if it was a combination of like that of being there without worry like what all went into just this massively awkward conversation mm-hmm. yeah and fidgeting. Felt like two strangers oh, the fidgeting I mean to be fair uh Lorelai almost wrecks a bunch of little trinkets 
yeah. Last Christmas. She it's kind has of a deserved, whole but <laughs> monologue about the glass animals. Mm-hmm. And Emily's in fine form in this episode. She's not subtle. She's kind no, of vicious. No. Well, and she's she's definitely dressed up more than usual too for Friday night oh, dinner. Yeah. Like she's mm-hmm. got a full dress with like I guess it's a scarf tied over her shoulder. I don't I don't know if yeah. it's the dress or what. Well, it's because they're having company. Chase Bradford. And she doesn't tell anybody. Not even Richard knew he was coming. I love how much Richard hates this. Yeah. I love how from the moment that this man arrives, Richard is like, F this. (laughs) He's (laughs) off. He's done. Does this guy not look like like the version of Christopher? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He looks like... Like the bargain bin Christopher in like a a suit. (laughs) So bad every time. He looks like what Christopher would look like if he had stayed on the family train, I feel like. Oh, yikes. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he's in the actuary business. Do you guys know what that is? Um, Apparently it's predicting death. A business professional who analyzes the financial consequences of risk. That's okay. What he does. It's like a risk analyst, but mm-hmm. with a different name. With money involved, yeah. He just gives off not great vibes. Entirely away from the he's part of Emily's world. Just his personality just gives off not good vibes. I feel like. Yeah. Yes. And like you said, Jess, the best part is Richard hates him. Mm-hmm. Like what he... about your one drink before dinner? Roll, right? Dad? Like he instantly is like, I need another nope. drink. Yep. <laughs> I don't even need to know what's going on. I need another drink. And then at dinner, he's like, please, I need more food. I cannot just sit at this table. I and need another listen. serving. <laughs> They're so miserable. And I mean, to be fair, this man is obnoxious. Mm-hmm. He cannot read the room. He, he cannot read no. it like. No, well, maybe that just goes to credit for Emily of how great of a hostess she is that he does not pick up on that because Emily is so interested in him. And it's obvious Emily understands that Lorelai hates this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, Lorelai tells even... her, tells her well, that she yeah. hates it. And Emily is even kind of put off when he does the, like, with a few data points, I could predict the day that you will die. Yeah. She was like, ooh, okay. Not I thought it was weird that, that Lorelai's like, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, so when are you going to die? Yeah. Like, that's kind of it's a little. Up. It's a little dark, but yeah. at the same time, that's the most interesting thing she's heard all night long. Oh, especially wrong. after Emily's, when's the last time you celebrated a three-month anniversary? Which is a harsh mm-hmm. jab. Yeah. Oof. I agree that it's dark, but I think it's well deserved at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lorelai eventually nopes out of there. Yes, uh, she literally escapes out a window. So I have a quiz for you guys. How many dolls do you think were in Lorelai's room? Fifty-three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too high. Twenty-two. Still too high. The real answer is 15 dolls. That's one a lot of dolls. And one teddy bear. One what? is too many. <laughs> it's just, there's so many dolls. And they're so creepy. I would hate sleeping in that room. 
had a lot of dolls as a kid. Like, my yeah. Nana would buy me, like, the pretty porcelain dolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had them in my room for, like, most of my life. And I didn't consume any scary doll media for most of my young life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that association, right? I think if you consumed that media, you had that association. But if you didn't, they're just dolls. You mean, like, me when my brother showed me Chucky when I was five years old? Yep. Right? That's, like... Boom. My, dolls are scary. My granny, who I, I love to death, she had tons of these porcelain dolls made with real hair. And mm-hmm. they were all over her house. And she had given me like a handful or something. And my stepmom, technically my stepmom's mom, she wanted to put them in my room. And I was like, these will 100% give me nightmares. Yeah. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts on that. If you put these in my room, I will have nightmares. But at this point, I had already had one traumatic doll experience. I had this doll that had batteries in it and would, like, crawl and talk. Oh, no. And I think I got it around the same time I saw Chucky for the first time, or maybe oh, it came out. Bad. So I was just convinced this doll was going to come to life and kill me. So, And I mean, the doll I mean, media right hasn't stopped. Media. <laughs> like, Annabelle is, is another mm-hmm. doll one, right? And I inspired never saw that one. by a true story. Oh, God. Annabelle is. Honestly, any kind of toy that talks and moves or makes noise and moves freaks me out now furbies are are like borderline for me but one time i was babysitting in a house i'd never babysat before and i was sitting downstairs and they had one of those stand-up horses that like a kid could sit on that would like walk and also neigh and it was off it had been off for the two hours i had been sitting there watching tv after the kids went to bed and i kid you not this horse swung its head toward me and made like a grinding my batteries are dying sound (laughs) and its head was like slightly broken so it kind of like swiveled i was out of there i sat in front of the front door until the parents came home i would have been like out of there so hard (laughs) i'm like i can't i can't i I would have like called my mom crying i need you to come it was awful um i had an experience with like that once where it was a hurricane Right, so all the lights went off. We were in the dark, and like we were kids, so we were just like hanging out, trying to hang out. And then we went to sleep. It's one o'clock in the morning, and we just hear like carnival music. (laughs) Yes, that. And we freaked out, right? And it turned out to be one of those monkeys that pressed the cymbals together. That's scary. Yeah, (laughs) it was terrifying. That's not great either. Anyway, <laughs> Lorelai's got a lot of dolls, which yeah. can or cannot be scary, depending on your experiences in life. But you know what's not scary? Hmm. Richard. Last your time we saw Richard, back. he yeah. was really upset. He was yelling. He was not being kind. And this, like, this scene always sticks with me because of the way she calls him daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, hi, daddy. And then, like... The, the thanks daddy because he he's like i'm gonna let you go i wish i could follow you you know yeah. like it's a I sweet mean, moment at first his face is disappointed and i'm sure yes. it's because of what she says like i yeah. know this brings you memories of mm-hmm. back when i was 16 but like this man is awful you know he's awful and he's just like yep <laughs> goodbye i think richard probably also sees of well if lorelei's not here i guess dinner's over time Ooh, for him to go point. He can go get into his office and do some work. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that was entirely behind it. Like, his facial expression is just like, I'm going to help save my daughter. 
Yeah. But I, I'm sure that was in the back of his mind. Well, if she's gone, he has to go too. There has to be fallout for this though, right? Like literally oh, leaving yeah. in the middle of a visit. Like not even hiding in a bathroom or something. Like genuinely leaving the premises. She took her car. We know she took her car. Emily will look outside and be like, Lorelai left. Well, She's well, gonna freeze her out real Emily bad. <laughs> even opens the door when Lorelai is walking in because she hears something. So mm-hmm. she does she hear the Jeep start? Oh, because like 100%. Jeeps are not quiet when they start. Yeah. Those are loud cars. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I mean Lorelai was desperate. Can yeah, you this picture was Emily like chasing the Jeep down the driveway trying to get her to stop? Come back and talk to this man. It's <laughs> a great image. Uh, so while Lorelai was having the most boring date in the world, Rory was having a lovely date. She was at a was, restaurant called was sweet. Andorra's. Rory's date is amazing up to this. Yeah. So weirdly enough, earlier in the episode, Lorelai makes a comment about how her dress, you don't want your dress to clash with the interior of the restaurant. It's a mm-hmm. joke. But then her dress does actually clash with the decor there. Like, the walls are the same shade as, well, the same color as her dress. Yes. it's It looks yeah. like some gross tissue paper. Like, I don't understand these walls. They look super fake. <laughs> well, it's probably because they were. But yeah. <laughs> oh, they had to put show? together a really beautiful restaurant very quickly for mm-hmm. these two teenagers and, like, the fact that Dean bought her three different types of pasta because she couldn't decide. But, like, where did these plates of pasta go? Because they don't this take it home. is a tiny well, little table. I mean, also, mm. you have to assume that, like, they don't have any other two-go boxes. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. she eat all of them? I mean, that's the I assumption. Mean, she is a Gilmore girl. She is a Gilmore girl. Because she's the type of person to take it home. So mm-hmm. if she's not taking it home... She had three types of pasta. But also very expensive date to go yeah. out to a nice Italian restaurant and get three plates of pasta plus, you know, drinks and everything. Not a cheap date. What are you going to do for the next month? Right? <laughs> oh, it's a plane. Next month. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, that so, was a really big bag for a meatball and it just yeah. bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Ran- random question on this. Yeah. Um, with this being such a fancy restaurant, do you think they got free refills on their Cokes? Gosh, you hope so. There's nothing worse than having to pay for a refill. Yeah, it does suck. When you're already paying a premium for your sugar water, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> to have to pay to get more of it is sucks. But what I, what I love is that nowadays, even the fancy restaurants, you kind of dress down to. Like, no one's wearing a suit anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these people were in suits. So, like, how fancy was this restaurant? Yeah. I mean, the the 90s and the, like, very early 2000s was kind of the end of, like, business casual at restaurants. Because mm-hmm. you're right, even today at, like, the nicest restaurants in the world, I mean, I guess there are probably some places that still have, like, a specific suit and tie kind of dress code. But, like, if you go to the nicest restaurant in Portland, for example, nobody's wearing a suit. Somebody might be wearing, like, a blazer. Mm-hmm. A woman might be wearing a nice dress, but nobody's like, suit and tie, here I am, <laughs> to eat at this Italian restaurant. Sean and I went to a Ruth's Chris for our anniversary a couple years ago, Ooh, nice. and I felt overdressed. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I was not in anything fancy by any means. Like, it was a nice blouse, 
and pants and I think I had heels on or maybe like heel boots um and you know Sean wasn't in like a suit and tie or anything I think he was in a button up but like I felt overdressed and it was so weird to feel overdressed at a place like that I went to the one in Atlantic City and people were literally in flip-flops and shorts yeah like yeah this family came in and like basketball shorts and stuff and I was like Y'all are paying $50 for a steak here and you're wearing mm-hmm. basketball shirts, shorts. Anyway, this date stops being comfortable and fun kind of quickly. Well, they go to the Firelight Festival yes. and um, we hear the mayor, Harry. Harry, right? Yes, it's still okay. Harry the mayor. Still Harry. Uh, for the past 32 years, apparently. Jeez, that's a long right? term. Like, has he that just been really long term? Yeah. Um, and Rory already knows this bonfire is not going to be lit mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while because this is Stars Hollow and Stars Hollow is this way. How does Taylor really not have a lighter? How does no one have a right? lighter? Like, if this happens every single year, how is nobody prepared? <laughs> Doesn't Miss Patty smoke? Yeah, yeah. We saw her smoking in this episode. Right? <laughs> How does I mean, she not have a match? Maybe she doesn't want to start a giant fire with her Bic lighter. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they only stay there for like half a second before Dean takes Rory to a salvage yard. I call mm-hmm. it a junkyard, but I feel like that's just a me thing. It's a salvage yard? Is that another yeah, East, both. West Coast it's thing? Not, it's not something I refer to on a regular basis. To, <laughs> you know what? You're right. One way or the other. <laughs> Yeah, I think that there is a difference between a junkyard and a salvage yard, mm-hmm. but I think that there is probably crossover. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but they go to the salvage yard, and... Rory's oh, a little bit creeped was... out, yeah. which is fair. Which is totally fair. It's... Is he gonna murder her? Like... Yeah. Right? It's it's scary. Uh, I you. Uh, <laughs> this is weird. But no, honestly, it's it's very cute. Uh, the music is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they're talking to each other, so soft and romantic. It Rain really makes me want to root for them. And yeah. watch the stars. Let's just briefly touch on the whole car thing. Because yeah. we'll have more chances to talk about the car thing. But like, three months in, I think that... Building someone a car is, like, a very big present. It is. It's a very big present. It's a very expensive present. Yeah. I think at three months, I got flowers and, like, a card. I didn't even get that. If that, right? Yeah. If anything, you bought me a Coke at the concession stand for whatever sports game we were at. Happy anniversary, here's a Coke. Yeah. Not a car. But and, And this car is decently put together at this point too like at least has the frame it has the doors it has a trunk it has an engine you know probably not a fully functioning engine but like there it's a good start Mm -hmm. like how long has he been working on this does he mention that he has like an uncle or dad that's a mechanic or something yeah i feel like future when she gets the car when richard's in town for the day and he's like, my dad's worked on cars. My grandpa's worked on cars. He goes through, like, a list of relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, 
Rory is a uh, romantic in the scene, mm-hmm. um, very melancholy, right? And I actually really relate to this I, scene. I do too, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think of it as a melancholy feeling. Okay. At least I don't. Yeah. Um, but what I mean is that, like, Dean calls her weird or something. And I was just like, this is the Rory that I relate to the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really beautiful thought that, like, mm-hmm. you have moments in your life that are so, like, wonderful and perfect and beautiful mm-hmm. that, like, how can anything to follow ever top it? Yeah. And, like, to have those kind of moments at 16, like, how lucky and how beautiful, you know, to feel that way. Yeah. There's a a book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Read books, yeah. I always related this scene to the I Feel Infinite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is very similar. And my brother gave that book to me, I think, for my 16th birthday, 16th or 17th birthday. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Christmas. But he wrote this, you know, big letter as, like, why Aww. this book was important to him and what it meant to him. And he's not, like, an emotional guy. So, like, this, that book, for that reason alone, meant so much to me. Um, but, like, this scene always reminds me of that scene in that book. And I have had a couple moments like that that just, they are. They're just so perfect. Like, nothing can touch you. Nothing yeah. can bring that down. There's a quote from Perks that's like, I'm happy and sad at the same time, and I'm still trying to figure out how that can be. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's exactly what she's saying, is that, like, sometimes there's a tinge of sadness, but that just makes the happiness more intense. Yes. Right? Yeah. You recognize that happiness. So I don't think it was weird, Dean. <laughs> no, yeah. Dean, I mean, literally goes on to just ruin everything. He does. Uh, um, but also the light coming down makes them look so heavenly. Like it looks mm-hmm. like they're in heaven. Um, it's just so perfect. And the music in the background and it stops exactly when he says I love you. Yeah. I mean it's almost like a horror moment, you right? know, like that like and everything falling out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> she looks horrified. She does look horrified. Because, so, I know that in, like, the general pop culture vernacular, etc., like, three months is how long it takes to fall in love, right? Like, that's something I've heard. Takes three months to fall in love, just like you hear that it takes half the time of your relationship to get over somebody after you've broken up. Like, these silly rules that we have Mm -hmm. in media. So, technically, Dean is, you know, within his rights to say that he loves her after three months, the first person to ever tell me that they loved me told me at about three months, and I responded kind of like Rory. They said, I love you, and I said, thank you, is it okay if I'm not ready to say that? And the person who told me that said, yes, it doesn't change the way that I feel if you're not ready to say it. That is the perfect response. Right? <laughs> I read this really beautiful thing on Reddit once, of all places, that was like, we're reading the same books. I'm We're reading the same book, but I'm a couple chapters ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what it is. Like, let yeah. the other person catch up kind of thing. Well, and we've already discussed, too, the timeline. Like, Dean's mm-hmm. relationship starts when he gave her the birthday gift. Rory, I really feel like the relationship didn't start until they discussed it. Yeah, until the sales. So, yeah. Dean's three months in. Rory's probably, what, a month, a month and a half in? 
Mm-hmm. Which is not enough time. I'm gonna say it, guys. I'm sorry if that's controversial. No, I I agree with that. Yeah, and clearly, Rory's not comfortable, and it just makes me so mad that Dean cannot handle not even rejection. It's not even a rejection. She is not rejecting him. She is just hesitating, and he mm-hmm. cannot handle hesitation. And he responds by being mean. He cool, is even. completely unkind. Yeah. He starts making fun of her. What are you going to go do? Make a pro and con list? Like, yeah. not gonna only- Going to talk to your mother? I think that's a completely legitimate thing for a 16-year-old girl yeah. to do in her first relationship after a boy says he loves her. Like, I understand being hurt that yeah. she didn't say it back, but he responds by belittling her, by demeaning her, and her habits and things that she does to help her make a decision. Like, and it's she so even, bad. like, she admits her fears, you know? Mm-hmm. She she pu- she lets him in and tells her, like, you know, everything with my mom and my dad. And he's just like, you can't get pregnant from saying I love you, dude. Uh, no, man. but do you know how many women probably gave in to sex that they didn't want to because if you loved me... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, obviously, we're not there right now, but... There's nothing to say or suggest that it's not gonna try and go there. Yeah. The fact that Dean is, like, he immediately shuts down because she doesn't perform the behavior that he wants. It's, like, really icky. And this is where people get the, like, Dean is abusive. Dean is manipulative. He's controlling. Dean is, like, not a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He he knew how he wanted things to go. Mm -hmm. And... They did not go his way, and so he decided to make her feel bad to just completely cut her off. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, Dean. <laughs> that and really he, sucks. He just walks away. Leaving he says, her I'll take you home. Car. He doesn't help her out of the car. Like, he helped her. In the, he was so nice to her. I'm and assuming he did take her home for her to be able to definitively say we broke up. Like, yeah. I feel like there had yeah. to have been a little more conversation or at least uh, a line from Dean mm-hmm. yeah, um, saying, you know, we're breaking up or something. Because he definitely broke up with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Because she was I mean, like, she's please trying to save let it. me think. Let me, like, just think for a second. This is a surprise. Like, mm-hmm. you literally just gave me a car, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And then you said you love me, which is even more huge. And I'm still sp- spinning. from. Yeah. Yeah. And what's worse is, like, the Donna Reed episode was a couple episodes ago, right? So I, I'm sure that's still fresh in his mind. Um, she's not acting, like, the way that the girl should act, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. don't think that I should think that women should act that way. But, like, in his mind, he's just like, well, why isn't she saying I love you back? Yeah. Well, I think in his mind, he has earned it, right? Yeah. He took her out to the nice dinner. He bought her all of the pastas. He's doing this big gesture for her. Why wouldn't she? Which you're right, yep. Emily. It is completely comparable to the expectation of women having sex at the end of the date. I will say, I don't think that would have been the case here. No, However, it it is a very big expectation, especially at this age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like his behavior is very reminiscent of, like, kind of, like, 
the whole nice guy thing that we see in yes. like online dating and stuff now mm-hmm. where they're really nice, they're really nice until you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Or, oh, I'm not going to act exactly the way you want. And then they're like, well, you're fat anyway, or you're not attractive, or why would I date you in the first place? Like, it's just like, ugh, it's so gross. I'd much, honestly, I'd much rather have Tristan doing his, like, annoying, like, calling you Mary stuff than having somebody, like, emotionally manipulate you because you don't act the way they want you to. Well, and Rory's invested in Dean. Rory's invested in Dean. She's not invested in Tristan. So anything that Dean dishes out is going to hurt so much more than what Tristan exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's an interesting comparison because Tristan is actually trying to emotionally manipulate Rory. He's just failing at it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he wants Rory to really badly. <laughs> yeah. But Rory just doesn't care. Meanwhile, Dean is supposed to be on her side. Mm-hmm. And he is yeah. not. Nope. Like, this is her first introduction to love. Yeah. To any kind of boyfriend, to any kind of relationship like this. And three months in, I love you. And she can't say it back. Which we'll see because, like, we know that Dean calls Rory a million times a day, right? Mm -hmm. They make that joke all the time. And then later on with Jess, we'll see that, like, oh, he hasn't called me. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you guys talked yesterday. That's a normal relationship. Not... Yeah. Jess has other problems, but, like, we'll see that. Yeah. Dean is a a weird start, let's say. And for anybody who's... Dean is an aggressive start. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody who's not, uh, who's following along with us for the first watch, uh, she's talking about boy Jess, not me Jess. (laughs) (laughs) And I do have my issues, but it's not about (laughs) calling calling Rory too many times. This is very hard when both my co-hosts have names that are also in this this show so although dean and rory break up suki and jackson they're still going running man they're they're great very cute they're so cute um suki looks beautiful she does she does she's doing the crossover hair thing again Mm -hmm. um and rachel takes a picture of them so you see rachel pictures of everybody taking pictures of everyone uh Mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna find out next episode she took a couple pictures we didn't even know about (laughs) um but so yeah so rachel is there and i feel like the show has a tendency of characters leaving and then coming back and expecting things to just like start again yeah yeah i can see that i know i've been gone for a while but why should that matter let's just Mm -hmm. pick up where we left off yeah which isn't the way things usually work especially if you if you leave on bad terms, right? You can't just come back and be like, because Rachel is very nonchalant about this, you know, because Luke is like, you didn't call. You disappeared and then you didn't call and now you're back. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, I was just, I saw the flight and I'm here now. Like, okay. That doesn't mean that everybody else needs to change their schedule and their lives to fit you in that's not the way it works like good on luke for calling her out for that Mm -hmm. but at the same time i wonder if when she did leave was there a conversation of i'm leaving or and and did luke even say like i don't want you to go or did he just like calm down and say okay if you're gonna go go 
Yeah, Luke is not very yeah. great with the emotions. Yeah, so it makes me wonder, like, does Rachel even really know how much she actually hurt him by leaving the way that she did? Yeah. But, I feel like um, this conversation here should give her a clue. Yeah. I was going to say, Luke has these two conversations with both Lorelai, Rachel first and then Lorelai. And he's honest in both of them, almost mm-hmm. to a fault, right? But he says different things, which is, it's kind of weird. But, mm-hmm. like, Luke acknowledges that, like, Lorelai and him are a maybe. Yeah. They're up in the air. And it shocks me that he admits that to Rachel. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Rachel just takes it, yeah. I and that they then it. go on to have kind of a romantic relationship. Like, I yeah. don't know. If I, if I came in and was trying to hook up with an ex, and it was clear to me that the ex kind of had a thing going with somebody else, and then the ex told me they kind of had a thing going maybe i'm a better person than rachel but i would just be like it seems like this is a messy place for me to try to butt in yeah i won't on the opposite spectrum when luke and lorelei talk luke admits that yeah something could happen with rachel Mm -hmm. and i gotta is it because you know he's gauging lorelei's interest is he trying to make her jealous or is he just being honest? I think he's just being honest. Yeah. I think, like, this is just the way that Luke is. Like, these are two people who are trusted in his life, even though Rachel has obviously broken that trust. He had a very strong bond with her. It's just, yeah. I think you can tell that he had a strong bond with Rachel just because of how much he does open up mm-hmm. to her. Um, yeah, I think it just, he's confused. He's processing and doesn't quite know where to go. Um, he doesn't want to give Rachel that potential false hope if something does work out with Lorelai. And kind of the same with Lorelai. Of, I just, I mean, Rachel shows up that morning. And yeah. She's been there for eight hours. You know, and, and Luke doesn't necessarily process things quickly as we yeah. see in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love that they have a little catch-up conversation, and we find out that Taylor and Harry got into a fist fight. Why is this not on camera? <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't imagine Taylor punching anyone. No. I can imagine Luke punching Taylor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I imagine, like, a shoving, or, like, you know, where you, like, grab the front of somebody's shirt. But what would I- they fight about? About the lighter? Yes. I just the stress, the stress of putting on this event that you have to assume Harry and Taylor have been putting on for the last 30-something years. Taylor is so upset because the mayor's wife did not show up to give a shout-out. Oh, she no. was a bingo. The mayor. <laughs> I just, I really wish we would have seen that. If there was ever a scene <laughs> that I want to see is Taylor and Harry get into a fistfight. There are so many other discussions of fistfights happening that we don't see. That yeah. I would have just, just loved to see. They just didn't want to um, pay a stunt coordinator. You know? They yeah, weren't willing to do old, that. old guys. <laughs> so after this conversation that Luke and Lorelai have, you know, where Luke kind of admits to Lorelai, like, not sure, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there's something going with, on with Rachel. She's like, wow, literally even Luke has somebody. Yeah. You know, like, she's gone through this whole episode feeling alone, feeling like everybody else has somebody 
She went to commiserate with Luke, and he instantly got somebody. And so she's in a very low, kind of weak point when she goes home. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna call Max. And I kind of wish that we had gotten through to Max. But obviously, it was not meant to be. Nope. Can't even leave a message because Rory walks in. And she looks I mean, how based. would that have gone if Max had answered? Like, answer, hey, it's Lorelai. Rory walks in. I gotta, gotta go. go. <laughs> yeah, just had to hang up. Yeah. Rory does look dazed. Yeah. yeah. Rory looks like she's in shock, which is fair because what happened was shocking and unexpected and awful. We go like, from I love you to we broke up. I know I mean, it, as quickly. adults, yeah. we see these red flags from Dean. Mm-hmm. But at, at Rory's age, none of these things are red flags. This is just a boy who's crazy about her. Mm-hmm. And now the first time she does something that he doesn't agree with, and this is his reaction? Like, it's just yeah. so, I mean, especially for her, it has to be so mind-blowing. Yeah. Poor Rory. I I feel for her in this episode. Like, she was having such a beautiful date, having such yeah. a beautiful time. And I think we've all been there where we've had such a great time. And then for it all to come crashing at yeah. the end of the night. And it's devastating. Yeah. Not even on a date, right? Like, maybe it was a night out. Maybe mm-hmm. it was something else. A middle school yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Every middle school dance ends in tears, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> but, yeah, this is it. it's a very abrupt end for this episode. But it makes sense because the next episode picks up literally immediately. Like... Mm-hmm within the same breath so yeah rory's first breakup yeah um that was what was it star-crossed lovers and and other strangers and other strangers yeah who are we calling the town's person of the week this this week do we have one i have a couple that i could go either way one okay. is more minor with Suki. I just thought Suki <laughs> just had a great episode. She That's kind of well with Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Or maybe Suki and Jackson. Suki like, and Jackson, as a couple. Yeah. yeah. They're just being really cute. I mean, I, I could possibly throw out Luke. Like, because Luke really rolls with the punches this episode. You know, mm-hmm. he, he kind of plays nice with everybody. But... I don't know if it's um, enough to make him Town's Person of the Week. My second thought was Rory. That was just my thought, other thought as well. Rory just had, yeah. you know, until it went badly, she was just having a good day. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's get. I feel like it's getting harder to determine Town's Person of the Week. It is getting a little like harder. Like, we're not having obvious great episodes. Well, now not that we're having, like, drama like, episodes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what... It's harder to find somebody who, like, really stood out in a good way in a drama episode. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Mm. I have it. Okay. I have it. You guys are both going to be like, yes. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Yep. Richard. Richard. I knew you were going to say that. Richard. Yeah, he, give it to Richard. Yep. He did, yep. right? He kind of, like, redeemed himself from his mm-hmm. shittiness last week. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you this know. is the first time... Too that we really see Richard and Laura like connect, yeah, something become like kind of cool. 
comrades in arms, you know, like they yeah. survived this together. I'm good with that. And he lets her leave. Yes, he does. He really like he steps up. He's probably gonna have to take some heat from Emily. Oh yeah, like, definitely. What do you mean she's gone? How did you not find her in the house? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, are we okay with Richard? Yeah. I, Richard yep. is this week's town person of the week. Or honorary town person, rather. Honorary, because yeah, he doesn't honorary. live in town. Yep. Yeah. Alright, so uh this reference of the week, uh or the reference for this week would be Christine. So Dean jokes about Christine, right? He says, uh, have you seen the movie Christine? It's nothing like that, right? <laughs> Which doesn't help with Rory's uh, nerves, I would say. Um, <laughs> it's a John Carpenter film from 1983. And it is based on Stephen King's novel of the same name. Follows The movie follows Arnie Cunningham, which, by the way, is just like the whitest name. I've ever heard. Um, his friends sure inspire my happy days. Probably. Um, so Arnie buys this classic red and white Plymouth Fury um, that he names Christine. And the car is possessive. It is jealous. And it has a mind of its own. And it influences Arnie. It's like, you know, it's, it, it's an 80s movie. So it's possessive and possessed. Yeah. Um, So he, you know, once he starts spending more time with the car, he, like, stops being so nerdy and he becomes more of a greaser. This is the 1950s, apparently. Um, And he's very arrogant. So people um, die in this car. People get killed in this car. It's it's fun. It's a great movie to reference while giving someone a car. <laughs> um, Maybe he was just going to say, I'm making you your own Christine. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, uh, it is, you know, it's a, it's a fun little campy film if anyone wants to watch it. I enjoyed it back in the day when I watched it. It is uh, a little bit of a cult classic. Mm-hmm. This killer car gonna come get you <laughs> well i mean maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing for the eventual fate of that car oh uh, we'll say no car. more but <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about this car because like i never actually see her drive it besides the one time with jess so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that yeah yeah unrelated and something i meant to mention i should have mentioned earlier during the dinner discussion with lorelei and um chase but her conversation of, are you in the D-A-R? And she goes, no, D-A-R-N. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so funny. Right? It was so Why does nobody laugh at this? <laughs> I laugh at it also, every time. It's like an easy joke that literally anybody should be able to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> but other than killer cars, we also have books. Reading books with Emily. So for this week for books, our first view of Dean is him reading Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Uh, This book was first published in 1878 in the Russian Messenger. It was initially released in serial installments. Um, It's actually a complex novel in eight parts with over a dozen major characters. (laughs) So when Dean is saying everybody's name ends in ski, 
he's not wrong. And there's at least a dozen characters with this. Hey. Like I can, I could barely keep Game of Thrones characters straight. <laughs> the novel itself, Anna Karenina consists of more than just Anna, obviously with twelve characters. But she is a married socialite, and it's about her affair with the affluent Count Vrons- Count Vronsky, um, and then a lot of their relationship through the plot of the show. So the story starts when she arrives in the midst of a family broken up by her brother's unbridled womanizing um, and some something that continues to come up over the telling of the stories. Um, so Count Vronsky, he is eager to marry Anna if she will agree to leave her husband, a senior government official in Russia. That yeah, that's going to go well. Just, yeah, no. <laughs> Not, not a great idea. But in general, um, this book is actually considered to be one of the greatest pieces of literature ever ever written. Um, so if you ever have the chance and a lot of free time, <laughs> head into some drama with Anna Karenina. Or you can watch the Kira Knightley movie. Or, if you're more or you can watch the Kira Knightley movie. <laughs> you have options. The only Russian book I've ever read is Crime and Punishment, and that was really hard. It was good, though. I don't think I've ever actually read a Russian novel. Partially That's because right. all of them are so intimidating. There's a lot of skis. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. After books, we have fashion with Jess. Welcome to Jess's Fashion Corner. Okay, there were a couple of really standout fashion moments in this episode. Um, and we've kind of touched on a few of them in the main discussion, but we'll go into a little bit more detail uh, now. So we open on, obviously, Rory in her Chilton uniform, Dean obviously in his leather jacket. Boy doesn't have anything else to wear. <laughs> um, I'd like to take a brief moment to recognize the troubadour in his very cool troubadour fashion. He's got a denim jacket and, like, a hoodie underneath and, like, cool cargo pants. Um, he's just, like, he looks great. I love yeah. the troubadour. We I love the troubadour. The troubadour. I don't think I've ever heard the sentence, <laughs> cool cargo pants. <laughs> well, they could also be, like, a green, I don't know. I assume they're some kind of cargo pants. But he looks hip. He looks cool. Yeah, he does. We it love the troubadour. Cargo pants. Definitely not disagreeing with you. <laughs> um, in the hamburger helper scene, she is wearing a purple shirt with a, I believe it's a butterfly applique. A very sparkly one. Yeah. Yes, a very sparkly butterfly applique. And Rory is wearing kind of a magenta and red shirt sweater combo. At uh, the inn, Lorelai has a pretty, like, white blouse. It's not a collared blouse. It's kind of different than we've seen. Or maybe it has a little tiny collar. Has a little tiny collar. It's different than what we've seen on her. It's got a pretty deep V. We're used to seeing her in a button-up. I will say, I I feel like this is another shirt that needed to be tucked in. Ooh. I think it. I think you're right. I think that it wasn't. Oh, you're right. Okay, because in the next scene, she almost gets killed by a star. <laughs> and she. you see that she's wearing a skirt, and it's kind of like a brown zigzag print skirt. And she's got yeah. a gorgeous long coat on over it. Mm-hmm. But I do think it would be elevated by being tucked in. I agree. It kind of makes it more casual to be untucked. 
And she also has, as I've referred to it before, that princess hair in this episode where the front sections are pinned back with the barrettes, which is very pretty, but Cocker Spaniel. Always, 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 always in my mind. I was not into it. It was just very big. I feel like it's a very immature style, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. I just think you see on kids. We see it on Lorelai a lot, and she she's gorgeous. We always know that. Yeah. Okay. Rachel. Let's talk about what Rachel is wearing. I've already made a reference to the mummy. It yeah. almost looks like she's doing, like, a Rick O'Connell, like, cosplay. Because she even has the little scarf tied around her neck, like an ascot. And it's red. She looks like... You know, she could have been playing Egyptologist number two in a movie, right? <laughs> she just literally looks like a like she's out there tomb raiding with Laura Croft. I was getting um, um Amelia Earhart vibes. Yes. I mean with her getting leather Freddy jacket. From Scooby-Doo vibes. Yep, with the ascot. <laughs> All she the same people. I just need a random one. <laughs> and especially having just come back from the Middle East, like clearly she's supposed to look well traveled. She's supposed to look worldly. Um to emphasize your point of immaturity with the hair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like what uh, Rachel says is so serious, right? The Palestinian Israelite like conflict, and yeah. meanwhile, Lorelai is just like, "Well, <laughs> I had some trouble at work today." <laughs> yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like Rachel is who Lorelai would have become had she not gotten pregnant. Ooh. Yeah. If she'd mm. been able to, like, kind of go out and do anything, yeah, I can not see that. Not necessarily, like, a photographer even... or anything, but just a traveler. Like, Rachel's she would have never been in this Rory wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. Very much Ooh. so. I never realized yeah. that before. Right? Yeah. Or, like, Rachel is in the field with the people that Rory mm-hmm. would want to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever see them explore that connection. Anyway, no, we're mean... getting off fashion. We get to see the girls getting dressed up. And I'm curious what you guys think about this pink dress. Obviously, we've talked about it in terms of clashing with the decor. Um, Before we get into it, I do think that it is very much a product of its time, like so many of the pieces that we've seen in these early seasons. Um, So this is a dress with a high neck. It has a fabric flower on the high, tight neck. Um, And this is so 2000s. Like, having big, fake fabric flowers on things was a look. It was absolutely a trend. We had them on necklines. We had them on bags. We had them on, like, bracelets. They were everywhere. Mm -hmm. That being said, what did you guys think of the pink dress? So, here's my thoughts. There's a reason why that trend is no longer (laughs) (laughs) happening now. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite. The flower would drive me crazy. I did not wear this trend then, nor will I mm-hmm. ever do it in the, in the future. But away from that flower, I just wasn't a huge fan of that dress. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't look like it fits her very well. Like, yeah, it seems like it's kind of tight weird. in some areas, kind of loose in other areas. Like, it can't figure out if it's supposed to be form-fitting or it just... I don't feel like it was the best. And I think it's more of just, it doesn't fit, it doesn't look like it fits her very well. Yeah. 
I agree. It's The fit is a little bit odd. I'm very grateful that Lorelai tells her, do not wear either of the cardigans, because yeah. I think if she had added a cardigan to this look, it would have been so frumpy. Oh, One yeah. of those um, being so striped. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Bold, like, pink and yellow stripes. No, it was not what you wanted for a nice dinner. And can you imagine that pink and yellow stripes in that pink restaurant? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's just not my favorite dress. Yeah. I I will say I love the color. The color yes, is the color is beautiful. Pretty. Oh, I'm opposite. I, think, I don't like the color. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if if I could have just changed one styling thing, because the neck on this dress is such a style accent, I probably would have had Rory put her hair up. Right, um, we've yeah. already seen her do a really beautiful updo for the dance, so we know that she wears her hair up on nice occasions. Um, but that would have like accented the high neckline and accented the flower. Maybe so, yeah. some dangly earrings or something. Yeah. Like, Rory has a beautiful jawline. Yes. And it's always hidden behind her hair being down. It would have brought that out, too. Yeah. And then our other Gilmore girl, I think, I mean, this is one of my favorite outfits I think I've ever seen on her. I love this blue on blue look. I haven't loved a lot of her monochromatic looks, especially the heinous red one. But, like, something about this blue headband with this blue soft sweater and then this kind of, like, pale blue-white skirt that she has, and she wears it with her tall boots. I just think it's so pretty. It's chic. I I loved it. I just really like her boots. That outfit, for whatever reason, has just, like, stuck in my head. And I like yeah. it. It's very pretty. Yeah. I don't want to say it's, like, one of the better outfits throughout the entire series, but, like, mm-hmm. I see this outfit, and I know what episode I'm in. If I mm-hmm. hear nothing else... I see just a still of her in this outfit. I know where this is going. I think part of that is probably, and this might not be correct, but like the the moment where she is frozen in the window in this yes. outfit escaping yes. is like burned into my memory. It is. Yes. Me too. Um, so getting to Friday night dinner, uh, I do have an answer as to this, the scarf shawl thing you guys were pointing out. It does appear to be a scarf, because when Emily turns around, you can see, like, the triangle point of the folded scarf behind her back. I have no clue where this thing is tucked in, or if it's, like, a piece that is built with the scarf attached, but it's definitely, like, a scarf. I thought it it looked like it was attached. Yeah. Yeah, because of the way it's attached in the front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked her pearls. Yes. Well, Emily looks great. Her hair also is, like, very set in, like, a very pretty way. Uh, Kelly looks great in this episode. She's a great hostess. Um, when um she picks up the phone when Lorelai calls her and she's, like, in a blazer, I just thought she looked oh my so, gosh, like... I see... I see it. The what? scarf. It is. Oh, yeah. It is a scarf in that when she first sits down after Chase gets there next to Richard, part of the scarf is black. And it is tied in front on her oh, chest. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Sleuthing it out. But her <laughs> dress is black as well. So it just yeah, like, so blends. It blends. Chase has just the most boring, bland suit on. It's yeah. not even worth mentioning. Uh, <laughs> you know, especially coming from Luke, who has such a specific style, and Christopher, who has such a specific style. Like, this man is as bland as they come. I, yeah, just kind of blah uh on the date we see that dean is dressed up and as we know when dean dresses up 
Teen wears a turtleneck. That is his his go-to for fancy. I like this one better than I liked the one he wore to the movie, unless, of course, they're the same one, and then I just happen to like the way he looks in this scene better. I don't think they're the same one. I think the yeah. one, one the was, like, was like a... It was yeah. bigger. It was thicker. Yeah, it was yeah. very big. Um, But that's kind of all of the fashion points. Yeah, so some fun fashion moments, some memorable fashion moments in terms of Lorelai's blue outfit. I think if I was going to steal an item of clothing... Oh, you know what? I didn't even mention my favorite best dressed of the episode. I can't believe I forgot. My favorite, the best dressed of this episode, happens before we even get to the title screen. It is... Miss Patty in her gigantic leopard print scarf. It is so fabulous. It is so luxurious. It's so over the top to the point where it's like it would be tacky on anybody besides Patty. I want to steal this purely because I want to know if I could pull this off. I don't think I could. Miss Patty is like magical. She makes things work that should never work. But she's my best dressed. She's also my item I want to steal. I don't think there was a worse dressed in this episode. I think everybody kind of just looked fine. Was there anybody that you guys especially disliked? Uh, Taylor Dozy with his cardigan. God, somebody buy this man a new cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the, okay. you know, where he lives at the Stars Hollow home for unhoused boys with all the other men <laughs> who don't have a house yet. He just has his one little box with his cardigan in it that he picks up every day. Sounds about right. But no, yeah. I had no one. How about you, Emily? No, I was just I was just thinking this is another good Luke episode. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every episode is a good Luke episode. Season one <laughs> Luke is uh he's real good. Tasty. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I feel yeah. like his flannel looks so much better when like he clearly has the shirt on underneath it and it's not fully buttoned. Yes. Like, we get into the later episodes and it's always all the way buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an, an episode where he has like a thermal shirt or something on underneath it, and it's partially. We love a thermal. It looks great. I I feel like I like Rachel's leather jacket. It looks like she has a leather jacket on. Yes. Um, but my only down on that one is I wish it would have been a little more form fitting because mm-hmm. it does look like it's a very straight cut. Yeah, it's. I think that's probably where I'm getting that like Rick O'Connell the mummy kind of thing. It's a very masculine cut. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is fine. It would be nice if it was a little more nipped in. That would be a Lorelai jacket if it was nipped in at the waist. Yeah. I would steal Rachel's hair. Oh, so <laughs> beautiful. Curls. Yeah. So, yeah, that is fashion. Um, and after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. And we actually have been getting, I feel like, a lot of really great comments from mm-hmm. our listeners recently. And I also wanted to mention, um, we did a poll on our Instagram about episode length. So you might have noticed last episode, a little long. The episode before that was a little long. Um, (laughs) It's because these episodes are important. We're getting to the meat of season one and of Gilmore Girls. And that means we're going to talk a little more. And overwhelmingly, people chose that it doesn't matter how long it is. You're going to listen, which is really sweet to hear. Um, we had, and you will all regret when we have an eight-hour episode, <laughs> <laughs> a twenty-four-hour live stream. Um, <laughs> so Sophie, uh, she said, "I'm excited to listen. It'll be great to really delve into topics in depth, 
So go with whatever length works best for the conversation. So thank you to everyone who said something similar or voted. Um, we're definitely taking that in mind. Yes. And then we also put up a post today, um, a story, because we were getting ready to record this episode. And we heard from Tasha again. We love hearing from Tasha. She said, I remember back when this happened, I was so Team Dean and thought they were so cute. The anniversary he didn't, the anniversary dinner he planned was adorable. I was seven, so it's excusable, but oh. wow, this broke me. I felt for Rory so much, and what a dick move by, de- by Dean. What an immature overreaction. I know he's yep. 16, but you don't get pregnant from saying I love you. Ugh. And to quote the ballerina from Yale later, bye jerk. Die jerk. Yes. <laughs> um, I also had a, a similar conversation with Gabriella, uh, who said... People should check in on their friends who think Dean was Rory's best boyfriend. Agreed. <laughs> yes. um, he is cute at first, but scary, clingy, and sexist after a while. Agreed. Um, when he starts getting mad at Rory for studying or looking up books instead of hanging out with him, it drives me insane. And mm-hmm. asks for something in return, like he's doing her a favor for allowing her to do her own stuff. It's all wrong. Agreed. That's red flags red flags we've we've talked about this um but she also says also love the podcast and she says that she's actually um living in the u.s but she's originally from brazil and she thought more people would be obsessed with gilmore girls but now is so happy to have us you know what you have to find them there they exist the gilmore girl uh obsessive people like i'm with her man <laughs> like for how much and how obsessive I am in this show, like, I've only talked to, like, two, maybe other, maybe three other people of, like, my whole life of watching this that are just as obsessed. hmm And both of them were brothers' girlfriends, so they're not in my <laughs> life anymore. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I was just talking to my supervisor at work about the podcast, because we were talking about podcasting in general. Um, and she told me that her husband is a huge Gilmore fan. Oh, that's nice. And was like, oh my gosh, why didn't yeah. you tell me Jess had a podcast? So <laughs> we might have gained a new listener. <laughs> Shout out to your supervisor's husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was Stars Hall Speaks. If you guys want to send us an email or hit us up on Instagram, please feel free to do so. We don't bite. We're usually really nice. Um we're always really nice. I will I will clarify. It's not like occasionally we're really shitty. We're always I have my moments. <laughs> One out of ten times, we're just awful people. No, I'm kidding. We're good people. Um, coffee. Coffee, coffee, yeah. coffee. So I have two points of contention that we have to talk about. First mm-hmm. is when Lorelai, uh, when the infamous boom mic scene happens. Mm-hmm. She does have a cup of coffee next to her. However, that cup is empty. Now, that is a a background thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It should be full. It's just not. But also, we don't see her pour it, and we don't see her drink it. Do we count it? I mean, if we don't see her even interact with it, I feel like we have to say no, because we're just doing on screen, right? Okay. So, not counted. I would agree with that. It's kind of an implied coffee cup, but as we said before, if we don't see it, it doesn't count. And at this one, we don't really see her drink it. And it is empty. Anyways, um, the second point is, does a tamarami count as a cup of coffee? No, right? It's a dessert. Okay. Then, 
Lorelai had three cups of coffee and Rory had none. Okay. Yeah. I mean, three cups is still pretty impressive for an episode that only covers, like I said, like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. Especially considering the type of days Lorelai was having. Yes. I'm surprised. Actually, surprised there's not more coffee involved. Well, well she, she kind of had to coffee. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of had to coffee in a row. Like, mm -hmm. she had to coffee at the Friday night dinner and then immediately had another cup of coffee at the festival. So, like, Didn't it was a... Did she try to get one at the end? Yes. Yeah, but get it. That's Suki why she had was too busy canoodling. <laughs> <laughs> Snuggle time. Um, uh, I'm yeah. putting canoodling in the description of this episode. <laughs> Well, as always, our social media handles and ways to contact us are at the end of the episode. Yep. Um, my name was Sandra. This is Emily. And I was Jess. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Jess. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to reach out, you can do so by email at townmeetingpod at gmail.com. That's townmeetingpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at townmeetingpod.